Welcome to the Artist Notepad, where we explore artistry, we talk life, and we talk deep tan pizza. <laughs> More like deep pan pizza, am I right? I'm Jack. And I'm David. <laughs> Sorry for that corny joke. Um, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Faith Part 2 with just us today. Today we're going to be talking about faith once again and just pick up from where we last went off but first jack how you doing bro yeah man i mean one hand i'm i'm pretty excited because this is our first official deep tan episode so that's very that's very exciting for us um but as as i'm sure all you listeners are aware of um there's been been quite a bit of um, unease happening in the US, particularly in Minneapolis, with um, mm. all the rallies that are happening, the riots that are happening at the moment, um, all the, the issues regarding racism, which have once again um, arisen to the surface. Um, they've always been there. Now we're talking about them more than normal. Um, and there will come a time where this quiets down and we won't be talking about them as much anymore, but it'll still be there. Um, and... Yeah, look, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but I I just like to say that my heart goes out to everyone out there, particularly in Minneapolis, but just all around the world, people who have to deal with this kind of systemic racial abuse. Um, yeah, it's just horrifying, and um, I feel yeah, I, I even like I'm not a person of color, but it still affects me so much, and um, I yeah, I just my heart goes out to every person of color, but just everyone who's ever had to deal with some kind of oppression because of their race or their gender or their, you know, anything that makes them different. Um, it, it really breaks my heart. It's horrible. Um, I wish we could just love each other a bit more, but um, it's there. Amen to um, that. Yeah. But yeah, I I just thought, David and I both thought we, we should mention it because it's, it's happening. Um, and, mm. you know, we've been talking about the COVID situation. So this is, you know... This is more important than that, in my opinion. I, I, people may disagree with me, but um, this this um, COVID pandemic has been happening for you know a few months. R- racism is just like it's an ancient um, form of abuse, and yeah, yeah. I, I, David, do you have anything to say on it? I, I should stop talking because yeah, I, I could go on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough topic to kind of even bring up, but I'm. I think like it, even if we kept silence about it, I think we wouldn't be respecting or we wouldn't be mm. um, um, adding anything good or um, if we just ignored it. So yeah, thanks for even mentioning it right now. Definitely like it's something that like just um, brings a lot of anger, brings frustration, brings a lot of like makes me tired man it makes me like it really drains me when i see this type of injustice on this type of treatment to a a human beings um who are created the same the only difference is the complexion but like this type of thing exists it really just sickens me and like it drains me like and like we had a bit of miscommunication today where i thought we were going to be unpacking this but um (laughs) and like i was feeling really i was feeling really just drained like i was just lying on my bed thinking about the topic and stuff like that but yeah Mm. yeah it's it's heavy stuff man but we like it, it needs to be it needs to be talked about i suppose um 
as you said, like I, I, I feel we feel a responsibility. Like we're, you know, we're talking about stuff. We're putting our opinions out there, and like we've got some great feedback that people appreciate what we're saying. Um, and I feel like it's, yeah, it's important for us to to bring up. And I'm glad we did. But as as you were saying, David, yeah, um, just because like I didn't want to dwell on um a sad note for too long. I was just gonna say like it's it's been um. It's been getting a little bit better in terms of just like um, interactions and like day to day or like day to day, week to week lifestyle for for myself. I don't want to like steal the steal the spotlight or anything or anything like that. <laughs> but like, yeah, just like yeah, on a on a positive note, I've been doing really yeah, well. Yeah, no, it's been, yeah, been able to enjoy people's company and like um, yeah, things seem to be slowly getting back to normal, which is which is good as well. Mm. But yeah, man. I mean, that definitely is a positive note. Um, yeah. But I suppose um, with all the you know all the negative stuff going on in the world, all the struggle, whether it's the virus, whether it's I mean in Australia we've kind of had disaster after disaster for the last nine months or so with the fires, with flooding afterwards, storms. Um, there's a lot happening around the world right now, and then there's the stuff that always happens, and then we only sometimes talk about it, and it sort of creates this question when it comes to faith. Um, and we sort of hinted on it in faith part one at the end, but like yeah. David, why don't I'll, I'll give you the stage for this one. And maybe I, for this episode, I might sort of take the part in the pun, the devil's advocate position for this. And I might just sort of push you a little bit, see what we can get out of you. You're someone who's <laughs> maybe a lot more knowledgeable, well, definitely a lot more knowledgeable about Christianity than I am. Um, well, so a here's, a, here's a very, thing. here's a very tough question for you. Um, and it's related to, yeah, everything happening. Why Why would a good and a sovereign God allow pain and suffering to exist in the world? Dang. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a, that's a big, that's a big um, package you just kind of <laughs> dropped on top of me, but um, I'll try my best to answer that question. I feel like um, you got to be sensitive when it comes to this question, especially right after what we talked Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. But, it's a hard one, um, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved how you just pushed it to me. But yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> no, no, I'd love to talk about it. I think um, some like I have different approaches to um, this question depending on who asked me. But one thing that I think I like to always point to is that like the answer that Christianity gives to suffering and pain. And just to dig into that, it's... Um, a God is sovereign. That's what we believe. So He is um, in control of everything. He, he is omnipotent, omnipresent, om- omniscient. So He's everywhere. He's all knowing, and He can do anything He He wants. And the second second part to what I what I'm gonna say is that God is also a God who understands suffering. He's a suffering God. And the reason I say that is because that was shown and it was manifest in the person of Jesus, who is fully man, but also fully God. And he went through um, the worst kind of suffering that man could probably go through. He lived lived 33 years on this earth, but he lived a life of teaching. He lived a life of people loving him and following him. And then he did three years of ministry, but 
in those three short years, um, it turned completely upside down for him. So he went through what it's like to be, you know, um, hated by everyone. He was spat on, he was, he was whipped, he was like suffered until the point of death on a cross, which is a, it's, it's a type of death where a type of torture that's like, yeah, hard to imagine what it would mm. actually feel like. Yeah, but so when I say that, it's like God God understands man's suffering and God understands um, our pains and he cares. And it shows that he cares because he himself came down and he suffered so that we don't have to suffer anymore. So the Christian answer to suffering is that suffering isn't meaningless because at the end, um, for those who are Christians, those who believe in Jesus will come to a point of glory or come to a point of no suffering um, or heaven to say, to, to say it basically. I had a, I had a idea that I never, a question that I never really had before when you said, yeah. you know, we, you were talking about all the suffering and then you like Jesus suffered so that we don't have to suffer. And um, yeah. I've always like sort of, sort of known that from a Christian perspective, but, but we do. So what does that mean? What does that, what does that expression mean to you when you hear Jesus suffered so we don't have to suffer? Obviously like, you know, um, at least you and I, we're not suffering to that extent, but there are people out there who are. So what, what does that really mean? I I get, I get, I get what you're saying. I I think I missed the important, important, um, part in that, um, Yes, there is suffering each and every single day, but the suffering I think I was trying to focus and pinpoint is um, the wage of sin being death. And um, Jesus came and when I say so that we don't have to suffer anymore is that he opened the door uh, and he paid um, for our sin. So he's he's brought atonement for our sin. Do you know what I'm saying? So... Mm. Suffering, and, and that's why I added that like suffering, like Christianity says that suffering isn't meaningless because the life that we live here and the suffering that we go through, it's, it's not just so that we suffer, but it's because the sin, sin, the effects of sin still remain. But for people who put their faith in Jesus, um, have, have a life after death or, an, um, or when he returns um, where there won't be any more sin, and everything will be like well, that's that's the day of when judgment comes. So yeah, I don't know if I said that right. Do you, do you, do you, so are you following? Like, are yeah. you saying that um, when we say that um, he died so that we don't have to suffer anymore? Is that is that sort of like a not necessarily in this moment, but a you know he he just shouted us all you know entry into the into the club. And in the club, there is no suffering, but we don't get to the club until, you know, we pass on to heaven. Is, is, is that, are you talking about a afterlife of no suffering or are you talking about this life that we're in right now? I'm, I'm pointing towards more the afterlife. Right, gotcha. And another part of, um, part of it is, isn't, it's not just the ticket to the club, but the, it's like a... I don't want to use a broad analogy because it's like it's a sensitive, sensitive. Um, like I don't want to get the doctor. Come on, man! I love insensitive analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so 
would say like it gives it gives reason for why we I feel like I'm doing a good job of being devil's advocate if I'm making it. Yeah, you're doing really good. You're getting me to think (laughs) and like be really careful of how I say things. But um, um, I'd say that for Christians, we have a um, we. It might sound a bit weird, but we can find comfort even when we suffer. So something that I can I think point to is like early disciples, or even like we were just talking about this earlier missionaries who were persecuted in the past to the point of death or even Jesus' disciples who were persecuted and then they faced death because of their faith, right? So they lived a life that like pointed or like kind of gone, gone through even similar death to what Jesus mm. died, um, dying on the cross. Some of them were crucified as well. And these people, they understand that they're, their lives or their deaths aren't in vain because the, after they die, they they know that their eternity is rested with Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, they yeah. can even in even in death they can go with um, joy and hope. Mm. As weird as that sounds, because it's like what what I, the the cause that I am dying for isn't in vain. I find heaven an interesting one, man. You know, um, yeah. Because, like, I think we briefly touched on this in Faith Part 1, but um, I feel like there is evidence that there is a God. You know, that there. I feel like there is evidence that points towards it. Like, it's not conclusive evidence by any means, but when we're talking about, it's like, even scientific level, like, there are things that just cannot be explained, like phenomena. And yeah, I feel like that, you know, that can be used as evidence to point towards a God. But when it comes to heaven, man, like, that... That's a whole nother thing that like it's it all comes down to trust in the word and nothing more. Um, and mm. like for someone to tell you, hey, man, like all this suffering you feel right now, like don't worry about it because after you die, you're going to go somewhere else where it's all good. And it's like I feel yeah. like that's a that's a hard justification to make to someone who's going through a really tough time, you know, to tell them, don't yeah. worry, man, when you die, <laughs> you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. But that that's why I was saying, that's why I was saying like, depending on um, the context of the question that is being brought, just say it's a personal, like someone has lost a loved one or someone very dear to them and mm. they, they came and asked me this question. I think I wouldn't approach it with the answer that I just gave you. Sure. Like I'll be very careful in how sure, I yeah, answer yeah, it because yeah, it's yeah, like absolutely. if it's like off a off a basic like why is there suffering and it was just like a fresh question then I think I would have answered it this way, mm. but for to those people I'll just I don't, I think they're not not saying they're not if it if God willing and the conversation leads to that way then I can share this share what I just shared but in a more gentle manner sure. Here's, here's a hard one. Okay, here's a, here's a really hard question. Maybe it won't be hard for you, but... Um, sure. Got me sweating here, bro. Whew. No. <laughs> <laughs> if if no, it kidding. seems that like this whole life is mm. just a lead up to the afterlife, then how how can, as a Christian, we feel motivation to and meaning within this life if if it seems that like everything's pointing towards what comes next how do we find meaning and how do we can be how can we be motivated to live a certain way or to to live you know for god other than just to get us into the club at the end of it yeah 
So it's like, it's almost like, what's the point? If, you, if you're a Christian, what's the point of continuing to live? Why don't you just like, I don't know, like take your own life because you'll go to heaven or something, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit so, more extreme, but sure. Like more, not, not even to do with like ending your life, but just to do with like living it to its maximum capacity. Because if, if things right. are pointing towards like, well, it's like it's more about what comes next than what comes now. Like, I'm sure there are things that um, would counter that, that, that I'm sure you're about to, to whip, whip me with. You're about to whip out some quotes <laughs> from, from the Gospels. But, um, yeah, how, how do we find meaning and um, motivation in a life which seems to just be preparing us for what comes next? That's a really good question. And, like, the more and more you bring me these questions, it really challenges me, but in a good way. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the answer that I'll give to that is that the the life as a Christian, once once you have um, found your identity in Christ, and you look forward to entering the club, but the club isn't about just like being being in a paradise, no suffering, good place. But it's it's really just being about with being with Jesus and all His glory. But the duty that Jesus gives us while we're still on this earth is that. Um, for his kingdom to be expanded. He says, go to all nations and um, tell of this, the good news. Tell, tell people of me and yeah, bring people to faith. Not, th- not by your own works, but through, through the working of the Holy Spirit. So it's like getting as many plus ones as you can to come to the club with you before you go. Yeah, but it's, it's not just about that. It's like living this life that you, you have been given by God um, to glorify him and to enjoy, enjoy the process as well. Because what we understand is that the life that we live isn't uh, meaningless. It's meaningful. And God has a plan for each and every single one of our lives. And we all have different stories that um, we have and we bring to you know, bring his kingdom forward. Yeah, the chief end of man is to glorify God, make his goodness known and to enjoy him. So mm. does that kind of answer? I, I feel it, quite... it sounds like a very minimalist view on life. Like it, it's that there is, there's a, a mentor that I've had in my life. He, he always says this thing to me. He always says, subtract, subtract, subtract. And he always says it to me. Every time I see him, he'll like, I'll be talking about something that I'm struggling with and he'll just look at me and he'll be like, Jack, subtract, subtract, subtract. And what he means is he means there's too much going on. You're missing the point. There's so much going on that you're missing the point. And he just, he wants me to keep taking things out of my life until I find out what's really meaningful. And it's such a challenge. And he says like he's he's been doing it like for a long time. And it's so hard to just slowly let go of these things that you hold as important to find out that once you let them go, that they're, that they're not really that important. And it sounds like what you're saying is that this is like that game on a whole nother level. You're really just letting go of everything until it's just down to you, your relationship with God and the word and your mission to spread the word and to get all your plus ones to come to the club with you at the end. Mm. maybe to tie everything together i think what i want to point to is like hope um and with that being in the club there will be no there's all pain and all suffering will vanish and all that had happened before in your life that you you might have grieved and like prayed to god and suffered through um there um everything that will ha- that had happened 
will be answered by that experience. It will all be su- like he will be sufficient for all that had happened. Um, yeah. yeah, a glory that's so great and so amazing that all the all the big and the crazy things that you've witnessed in your life seem so small and like seems to just fade away. I feel like that's what that's what we hope and look into as a life as a Christian. But doesn't mean that we should just waste our lives and like be like, oh yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. But it's like, if you follow the word, you can see what, how he actually wills for you to live. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you believe that um, each one of us has a, an individual purpose? Ooh, our purpose is to glorify God, right? But I feel like we all have individual stories and skills and talents that um, God uses and has crafted in us to make it happen. Um, if we look at spiritual gifting in, in the word, someone might be blessed with um, a gift of teaching and a gift of leadership, and they might become a pastor. But one, something that's underlooked is like the gift of um, serving. That's a gift as well. Being able to be someone who loves to serve others, loves to serve God, and they might be super active in the church or even in work or um, just in their friends or relationships and stuff like that. So I feel like we all have a, we have the same goal of um, coming to God and um, enjoying him and just glorifying him. But our stories and the way that we might undergo that, that task of making him known is different. I feel like one unique experience that I get to have is that um, the music that I love making of ir- originally wanting to just make rap music and talking about, like we talked about it with T, but like shaking ass to um, now ma- wanting to make like gospel music. I feel like that's another way God has crafted me to be a witness and be, you know, be used that in trying to bring people to him. So mm. that's one as well. So yeah, does that kind of answer? Like, what do you think? Like, I, I think we do. I think we do all have a, a purpose. Um, yeah. And I feel like um, you're not going to like this. Hey, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. <laughs> I feel like just saying that um, your purpose is to glorify God is um, to oversimplify it. Because I, I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think, yes, that God would want that. But I also think he wants you to have your own path and your own journey. And I think I think he wants something different out of every one of us. And I think he, he has things planned, little ways that we're going to influence other people, like little, little things that, like little opportunities that we'll receive, which can open so many doors for us and like make things happen and um, give us the opportunity to be an agent for change, even in the smallest way, you know, even in the smallest way, even if it's just, um, you just, some words come to your head and you end up saying something really wise that you don't normally say, and you say it to the right person at the right time. And you don't even know, but maybe that, maybe that saved that person's life. Or maybe what you said to them, they then said it to someone else. They were just like, Hey, my mate just said this the other day and they don't think anything of it, but it's the next person who like who gets affected all these little things, which I think are so important. And I, I don't think that, um, I think they can be for the glorification of God without 
like your sole purpose just being to glorify God. I, I do think that there's, we all have something special that, that we're here to do. And this same mentor that I referred to before, he said to me this one time when I was going through a bit of a rough patch and I wasn't feeling very confident in myself and I didn't feel much self-worth and I was, I was struggling to um, see myself as any, in any light of importance. And um, he said to me, he said, Jack, there's a little template of you, like a little silhouette of you cut out in God's heart. And he said, and it only fits you. It doesn't fit anyone else. And he said, and it's a very special place and it's only for you. And you're the only person who can feel that. And he said, you're the only one who can do what you're going to do in this world. And I don't know. I, I, I felt it just then. Like, I felt like, just like, wow, like that's, that's true. Like, and I feel, I feel, I believe that that's the same for everyone. I feel like it is every single person. There is a silhouette of you somewhere in the world waiting for you to fill it. And it might be in the tiniest way. It might be in a massive way. Like you look at some people who change the world for the better and it might be that. I don't, I don't know. I, I personally yeah, yeah. feel like so, it's, so, um, yeah, go on, go on. I, I would say, so maybe, maybe I came off in the way where it's like, I made it super like oversimplified and maybe I, yeah, I, I think I did, but I was kind of saying what you're saying right now. So right, okay. <laughs> when I say everyone, every, <laughs> so when, when I like, but but just on the focus of like everything that we are meant to do is trying to point to God's glory. So even if we're like, we don't, I'm not saying like we have to always be just, um, you know, I'm trying to be so careful all the time, but it's like, we, it's not that. Okay. Um, let me give, let me give you an example. It might actually help you guide on what you're saying. So for example, um, you know, we look at the, um, the commandments, right. And so, these are like things that are, are deeply ingrained in our in our system of morality and even um agnostic people um secular people they they see these things most of the time and they agree with it as well and a lot of our systems of morality that have been established within western society have been formed by christian values that have just formed through society over time and these are the things that we think are good and these are the things that we think are bad a lot of these these things the the right the right and wrong the perception of right and wrong come from christianity um so for example when when we're doing these things that are right or the good and just or we're avoiding these things that are wrong because they're bad and they're evil we might right. even as a christian we might necessarily not be doing them for god in the time but you're saying that because it's from God, it's still pointing towards God? Or do you think there has to be an intention there with every single thing you do that it's for God? It's, um, so, so what I, what I was trying to say was that, um, all that we, all the actions, the words, the path that we might want to take is a under, under God's word where it's like, you're guided by, not just by selfish ambition, Right but it, at the end to really point point to god i'm not i'm not i'm not wording it right sorry man like i'm not so good like, I, i'm i'm pushing you hard I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of good stuff out of you all at once so. yeah yeah i mean like yeah i'm trying to explain the best way i can but it's like so what i agreed with what you said earlier about how like you might make someone's day or how um, a conversation may lead to um, someone like you saving someone's life or um, 
you know, playing a part in someone like um, you being a puzzle piece and just to say us being in Sydney and us doing a podcast and talking about faith in this way and stuff like that, right? It's like, that's a unique um, personal path that God has crafted. But I'm saying the ultimate goal that <laughs> I see as Christian is that Christians is that we want to make known his goodness. So the right, reflection yeah, yeah. of how okay. my, my character, what I say, what I do and how I conduct myself and what I talk about, like us refraining from like swearing or like us refraining from like, you know, um, like even mentioning the injustice that we see and seeing that it's not right and wanting love. These type of things is to be, to make people wonder like, oh, this person and his values, like what does he live for? Um, and this Jesus that he's trying to follow, this God he's trying to follow, like who is his maker? Who's this uh, God that he's trying to talk about and follows? Like, mm. you know what I mean? So it's like my life should reflect him and so, how good so he is. I, I guess on a, um, on a really like on a minutia level, like not everything yeah. has to be pointing in that one direction. But when you take, when you like zoom out and you take like a wide yeah. lens focus on it, then you can see that everything in the bigger picture is pointing in that direction. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Cause I don't we, think we, we got can there be in the perfect. end. <laughs> yeah. Fire out. I'm so sorry. It took us so long. No, it's all good, bro. It's <laughs> but all like, good. yeah. Do you want to, do you want to hear about what I think about suffering? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Jack, what do you think about, what, what do you think about the question of suffering? Sorry. I didn't ask you oh, that. Th hey. Thank you for asking David. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, okay. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Let's get on board. Let's get on board this train. This, is, right? what, this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> so I, I have a similar idea about suffering to you, I think, but it, it actually is um, more of a, more of a way that might be relatable to people who aren't faithful. And I do wonder if, if you are, if you don't believe in God and you've listened through to this point um, and you're not just doing it because you're trying to help us with our streams, then I really respect you because to to listen to all that commentary, which is quite obviously heavily focused on a God that um, you may not believe in, um, I respect mm. you for being able to sit back and listen to everyone's views. So here's a little nugget respect. that might be um, useful for you. And I see this as applicable in both a Christian context um, or a, a God context and an agnostic context. Okay. I think suffering is an essential part of life. I think that it is not just a part of life. I think suffering is essential. And the reason why is because let's take a board game, for example, right? A game, mm -hmm. um, a game is actually not defined by what you're allowed to do. It's defined by what you're not allowed to do. That That's how a game is made, right? So for example, in chess, um, if every, if every piece of on the chessboard could do whatever it wanted to, then the game would finish in one move, you know? <laughs> it was just like, all right, I won, next game, you know? Like the whole point of chess is that some things can do less than others, you know? Um, some can move in diagonally, some can only move, you know, um, parallel or, you know what I mean? You, you guys right. know what I mean. Every single character has got a different thing. And every single game you pick out, the rules, the, the rules are defined by what you're not allowed to do. And that's what gives the game meaning that's what makes it exciting that's what makes it interesting it's actually what you're restricted by and i i do firmly believe that 
Life is, is not just about what you can have, it's about what you can't have. And that's what creates meaning a lot of the time is suffering actually as horrible as it is and as as hard as it is to try and justify some of the things that happen in the world. Like it actually restricts us in a way that creates freedom. And I know that sounds so paradoxical, but if we could do whatever we want, if everyone could do whatever we want, there would actually be a lack of freedom because because everyone could do what they want. There wouldn't be any any such thing as freedom. And there's a corny expression, you know, it's like you, you can't appreciate the good if you don't have the bad. And, and I know it's a bit corny, <laughs> but like it, it comes from a place of truth, that expression, no matter how cheesy it is, it comes from an expression of truth. And that is that without the opposite, you can't recognize the truth of that thing. You can't fully appreciate goodness until you have to really suffer first. You know, um, there's certain things that we take for granted. You know, I'm sure like if anyone listening out there has a disability and it has come later on in life, I'm sure they could tell you all about this. The idea that um, at one point, um, for example, at one point they could see. Then something horrible happens and they lose the ability to see. And then they really appreciate sight. But not only do they appreciate sight, and this is where it gets interesting. Those people don't just appreciate sight, but suddenly all of their senses become more valuable and you start to see things in a different light and so it would seem that with these restrictions new appreciations start to blossom more meaning is found in areas where we weren't even looking before Mm. and i i i really believe with all my heart that every every time of suffering provides the opportunity for goodness and for growth and Mm. some people out there might just always be getting kicked down and down and down again and they're like and they're just like what are you talking about jack you've got no idea and like i don't about your situation i don't if if you're someone who has to constantly be struggled then then i'm i'm sorry that you have to go through that but i really i really believe that you would have something some sense of wisdom that i don't have that you yeah. can put towards something good. And I, I firmly believe that all the goodness that comes out of the world starts from a place of suffering or a place of restriction because people don't really appreciate what goodness is until they've really experienced bad. And I don't think that I could be so moved by certain acts of kindness that I see if I hadn't seen other things on the TV, like like what I've been seeing over the last week, things like that, like which is really... They just make you so thankful for what you have. As hard as it is sometimes to be grateful in in the face of adversity, in the face of tragedy. Um, I do think, um, mm. I, I, I do really try to, to, from a Christian perspective, to see God in all things. But from an agnostic perspective, just see goodness in all things, to see love, like where, where it's there, instead of getting consumed by all this darkness. So, and it's so easy and it's happened to me this week. And David, from what you were describing to me about feeling exhausted, I think it's sort of happening to you a little bit as well. Like it's so hard not to just with all this stuff going on, just to let it sort of take over you a little bit. But Mm. like, even in this, even in these horrible scenes, and I, I know I said, I didn't want to talk too much about it, but I guess it's very topical, but even in these horrible scenes, like, and you know, I'm not promoting violence or anything, but seeing the way people are banding together as a people, like 
white people, black people, Asian people, Hispanic people were all joining together to to raise arms against injustice. Like yeah. there's goodness, mm-hmm. there's beauty, there's love in that. Um, even if it's being manifested in in anger, um, we feel anger because because of love. Ironically, it's because we love these people and we know that this is wrong. That's why we get angry um, in this particular context. So yeah, yeah. I, I I do think that without suffering, um, there there there'd be no meaning to life because it's sometimes like some sometimes life's just about getting over the next obstacle. Like that's what some people live. Like their whole lives is just getting past the next thing that pops up and the next thing and the next thing and learning how to live a life of gratitude and a life of happiness and fulfillment and meaning whilst constantly in the battlefield of suffering. Um, And for all those out there listening right now who are really going through it or really suffering with something, I challenge you. I challenge you to find find meaning in your suffering because it is there, I promise you. I promise you that it is. There's something there that you can take. And even if it seems like minuscule compared to the the hectic situation that you might be going through, like it's there. There, there is meaning even in these darkest places. Um, you know, w- without <laughs> without light, there is no shadow. You cannot be in the shadow if there's no light. Shadow only exists because there is light. So if, if you feel like you're in the shadow right now, then you just got to find out where that light's coming from even if it's a tiny little dot, you know, and it may not seem like much, but I, I do believe that there's a learning experience and there's goodness from every, every, um, every place of suffering. Mm. I'll get off my soapbox mm. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for sharing Jack. Wow. Like it seemed like you're really ready to, um, shoot, shoot, shoot your answer for that one. No, actually, I, <laughs> that's like a, I, I have been thinking about it a bit, but I definitely wasn't planning to say all that. That just sort of came up. But yeah, I I, I do think it's just because of what's everything, everything that's happening at the moment. I, I'm feeling very, this this stuff is all going on in my head right now. Um, and that was sort of just a little yeah. insight into the positive side of what's going on in my head. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing, one thing I agree with you in, in that is like, like see, I was saying, like I would approach um, suffering differently depending on, like, the question of suffering differently depending on how the person asks and the context they're in. Mm. Um, like one example that I gave to what that I would give to someone was like similar to what you were just saying, but it's like because we all live unique stories and we go through different types of suffering and different types of events in our lives, um, we're able to become um, a vessel. Or like someone who comes out through from like depression or like from losing a loved one or, you know, um, going through injustice. It's like if a person come who comes out from that experience can become a shoulder to lean on or someone who a person can really, um, mm. someone who can minister to someone in times of need. So like, yeah, so I, I think that's like something that's like um, shows that suffering isn't meaningless. Yeah. Just on that, just on what you were saying, this is like yeah. a, a slightly different idea. Um, so Amelia, she's, she's studying to be an OT and she's just done a placement yeah. and she was actually telling me about, I can't remember exactly what they're called. This is bad. I should remember. But um, for example, she was just doing a placement in a schizophrenia ward. Sorry, sorry, my mistake. It was a mental health ward, but there were people in there with schizophrenia. And th- there was this, this particular woman who worked there 
who actually has schizophrenia um and mm-hmm. And she's just there kind of for like moral support, but as someone who they can't, because they can point to all the nurses and all the OTs and say, you don't know what it's like, but they can't point to this person. And this person is literally there just to be that empathetic, like presence that can just be like, I know what it's like, like, but we're trying to help you, you know? And um, there there are people, not every hospital has them, but there's people who like in mental health wards and in, in disability wards who who work there just as someone who's been through trauma, who's been through struggle, who's going through it right now, like kind of like, you know, at, you know, Alcohols Anonymous, uh, sorry, alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, <laughs> the AA meetings, you know, like yeah. it's, I may be wrong by this, but I think they're all led by someone who has been an alcoholic. Um, I may, I might be wrong there, but I think that, um, that, a lot of them are. That would make sense though. Yeah. Either yeah. a lot of them are or all of them are, um, and that's because, you know, that person knows what it's like. Not exactly, you know, no one knows exactly what you're going through, but that doesn't mean that no one has any idea. Like you're not alone completely, you know, people understand to a level, they, they obviously they haven't lived in your exact situation, but um, yeah, if you've gone through something, man, then there are people out there who are going through the same thing as you. And I almost see it like, maybe this is a bit harsh, but I almost see it as your responsibility to if you're doing better now to try and help those who are in the place that you were in, because you know how hard it is. And you know that most likely that that group is not receiving the care that they deserve because you can point to almost every single group who is suffering and they're not receiving the care that they deserve almost every single group. Um, and I really do think that, yeah, as you said, like for you to have gone through something, maybe you lost someone, maybe, yeah, maybe it's mental health, maybe it's physical health, whatever it is. Uh, maybe your parents split up, like maybe it's an addiction issue. Like there are other people going through what you're going through. And even if you're not even fully better, like just being there with each other. Um, I, I know someone who um, every single time, so he's addicted. Okay. This is a bit heavier. He's addicted to pornography, like serious addiction. And right. he has some friends who are in the same boat. And every single time that they feel like they're about to, you know, lose, lose their battle against it. They call each other up and they just say, I'm about to do it. And I know it sounds a bit weird. It sounds a bit weird, but like every single time they do it and it stops them, it stops them from doing it. Cause wow. they just have someone there, a support person to just say, I know, man, I know, I know yeah. what you're going through. I know it's hard, but like, <laughs> sorry, yeah. wrong, wrong choice of words, <laughs> but, but it's the same for everything. It's the same for drugs, it's the same for alcohol. It's the same for all these different addictions to have someone there that you can just be like, Hey, like I'm, I feel like I'm about to whatever, like to have someone there to mm-hmm. be like, I know how it feels, man, but you, you know, I'm here for you. You just got to hold on, like stay on the phone with me until, yeah. until you're cool. And this guy told me that every single time he got off, like by the time he got off the phone, he didn't have the urge anymore. There's strength in community. Wow. Yeah. Strength in community for sure. I think a lot of Christians will have people that are like keep each other accountable in that way because mm. like similar to not similar but something that um made by who mentioned in his um name explanation as well is that like he feels that he said he feels like lust is something mm. that is like the one of the most potent man i i admire world. people who can talk about their own experience with things like pornography because like i i just find it, it such a, a lot of, such a weird yeah. topic like i like i don't think i'd be strong enough to be able to like you know, have those conversations with my friends about it. Cause I, um, it's a bit of a, I, I guess it's a bit of a, there aren't many conversations that I struggle having with my friends, but like 
talking yeah. about like if they were having an issue with porn like i would i would really struggle to think of what to say to that because i don't know it's it's kind of like a taboo topic hey um and it's bad yeah, I, I, yeah. I probably need to work on that i probably need to just have some frank conversations with my friends about it and just like just talk yeah. about the topic until i'm more comfortable around it but um yeah i i really admire people and i've, I've actually um on a retreat that i used to help run um, I've actually like boys have gotten up in front of boys from their school and talked about their addiction to porn in front of like boys, like other boys, like these are like, wow. yeah. you know, young guys, like 17 years old. And I'm just awestruck and I'm just like, wow, that takes guts, man. That takes guts. Yeah, people find, definitely people find strength in like community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I like that's, that's my, that's my view on suffering is that. I think it's it's not only for a reason, but I think it does provide us with um, with meaning. Like, I know that sometimes in the midst of suffering, it can seem like things are meaningless because things can be so hard. But I do actually think that, um, yeah, that it does provide you with an opportunity to fight for something as well. Um, a real opportunity. And maybe it's not for you, maybe it's for someone else, but just an opportunity to really, like, you know, take up arms for, for something that you're passionate about. Um, so yeah, I, I th that's been the main question of the podcast. I reckon is just about like you know how can we justify suffering if if this world if if this world was made by a god that is good, um, mm. but like someone someone once said to me, maybe you've heard this before, David. I might have actually said it to you before because I got really struck by it. I'm I'm big for like an analogy or a quote or something. But this guy, um, this guy that I used to know said this thing to me. He said, um, trying to work out what God meant by something or what he's trying to do in this world or she is trying to do in this world is like looking at the back of a painting and when you look at the back of the painting you see the canvas and it's all like these weird like smudgy colors and there's a bit of red there a bit of blue there a bit of yellow there. and it doesn't seem to like add up to anything at all it's just it's like what the hell is going on here but when you turn it around you can really see what's happening and and this person said to me he said um you'll never know what the other side of the painting looks like until you get to heaven and he said, mysteries, some mysteries aren't meant to be solved. Like, stop trying to work this all out. Like, there, there's going to be some things that you just won't understand until until you're, you know, in the presence of of God. Um, mm. And, and like, that, a, that's, 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 a, that's a very easy answer to give to why is there suffering in the world? Just like, well, we're not meant to understand it. Like, I, I think that we can do a bit more to try and work it out. But, yeah, that's, that's also what I'd say is that... Um, there are things that are disguised, like gifts that are disguised as curses, curses that are disguised as gifts, you know, things that seem great for immediacy, but in the long term, they screw you up. Things that seem like a massive challenge and adversity and lots of obstacles and suffering, but in the end, they produce something beautiful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, f I feel like a question that we can ask as like Christians is like, Jesus answers half the question, which is like, it shows that he... He is a God that cares and is a good God because he endured suffering as well, right? And a question that I can, I think is worth mentioning when, when someone asks this question is like, can there be a good reason for why a good, all-powerful God mm. to allow it? Like if, if he's a good and all-powerful God, then can, can there be a good reason for it? And it's like, yeah, it's like maybe there is a good reason and maybe it is like something that we can only see once we reach um, heaven. 
and that's something that can't be answered but the the christian view on suffering kind of helps answer half of it half of it being that he is a good good and sovereign god but the only thing that we're not aware of is that like what is the good thing that he's yeah like what's the good reason that he's allowing this to happen so man i, I don't know about you but i reckon i reckon we wrap that up pretty well i know i, I put you under the pressure there for a, a large part of the podcast but i think you <laughs> i think you held up pretty well what do you reckon um i hope so <laughs> I, I I felt like I sounded very like all over like I was a bit jumbled, but yeah. And I, the I magic of I, editing, I'll make you sound like I don't know, so, a good talker. <laughs> 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 I couldn't Thanks. think of anyone. I couldn't think of anyone. Do you want to do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, I reckon we wrap it up. Well, yeah, guys, we've we've got another episode of Tan Artistry coming up next week, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're gonna be bringing on another guest. We're gonna be talking about some some creative business um business and yeah we got some cool stuff lined up for you guys so i'm i'm pretty excited i don't know about you david but i'm pretty excited so guys stay tuned you know um follow us on all of our our social medias you got facebook the artist notepad um facebook.com forward slash the artist notepad you've got instagram um at the artist notepad and then you can email us at artistnotepad at gmail.com um, we'd love to hear any questions you guys have, any topics that you want us to tackle, especially now we're doing these deep tan episodes. You know, we yeah. David and I have been tossing around some ideas, but we'd love you guys to really give us some challenging topics that we can try our hand at. Um, please reach out. Um, let us know how you guys are doing. Um, you know, we talked a bit about suffering today and um, there's definitely going to be some of you guys who are suffering and please feel... Well, I can't speak for David, but I would just say, like, if, if you need someone to talk to, I'm, I am here. If you if you want to shoot me a message on Instagram, um, at Jack Sherlock or at the Artist Notepad. Um, I don't know about you, David, whether you'll be cool no, with that or not. hit me up as well. Hit me up. I'm always happy to talk to and chat to people. Yeah, I mean, if you've got any questions about Christianity, David's a great person to ask. He's a, he's a, he's a you know, personal wisdom. <laughs> Oh, too kind, Jack. No, but yeah, I'd love to ch- chat to people as well. I think one thing that like even brought up to like um, dinner tables and concerns is like a lot of people are isolated and they don't mm. have that person to mm. talk to. So they might be like going through a lot. So if you need to talk, hit me up at Chan David Chan on Instagram. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Well, I guess if, if that's that, we'll catch we'll you next catch week. You. We'll catch you next episode. Peace. 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 Peace.